I was trying not to make a noise. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. I'm Gina Vogie. And I am Melinda Collins. Still in quarantine, still not together. I'm still in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm was- in an office, so I, I don't have that same R. Kelly uh, connection. It's so funny because we have to do like the seven, we have seven seconds of silence or whatever before we start. Um, Gotta get that like- room tone. Yeah, the room tone. And I always have a problem like not laughing and not for making seven a sound. seconds. For seven whole seconds. Yeah. I can't do it for seven seconds. <laughs> In reference to R. Kelly as well, too, I was listening back to our episode and I'm like, man, it's been so long since I've listened to R. Kelly. I went and like looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> There is actually five chapters. Oh my God. Of Trapped in the Closet. And what I don't understand is they're all like just a little bit over three minutes. Like, why didn't he just make one? <laughs> I don't know enough about it, to, honestly, to have any opinion, but is it supposed to be like a book? Like, you know, it's like this literally is... him talk singing like a story. And I'm thinking maybe the story is like real, you know, like not a fictional story especially if you have you watched <laughs> no see your face right no. now have you watched surviving r kelly yes I, I didn't watch the entire thing because i just got sick of it, it it's because it, it made me so mad like how long he was able to go on and all these people and were enabling is. him so i'm like if this was probably a real story but it was like somebody's parent that that caught him <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it They're had like, to have You're been. in my 14-year-old's closet. Oh, no. <laughs> God. That's so true, though. It's that this is my thought. Gina's scenarios, chapter two. It just is... made me so sick, though, that he had all of these people working for him, getting these young girls. It's, it's like disgusting. I don't like, care we're... how much money somebody offered me. And I don't give a fuck how famous you are. And we're joking about it, but obviously it's very serious. Dude, if some grown-ass man tried to have sex with my 14-year-old, I would fucking lose my shit. Yeah. Nope. I totally hear you. He's a pedophile. 100% he's a pedophile. Yeah. And I can't believe how how long he got away with it. And, you know, even like referencing his songs, every single one of his songs practically is about sex. Mm-hmm. With the exception of like, I believe I can fly and, you know, whatever else. I'm sure like some Freudian thing that it's there too, right? There's some sex right. inside There's of an, that. An but undertone that's why I loved uh, Chappelle's show, making fun of him so much. R. Kelly's doo-doo butter and I'll piss on you. And yeah, yeah like that was... <laughs> doo-doo butter, I don't remember. You don't remember that? So in the I'll piss on you... They have a like a silver bucket, and on the outside it says R. Kelly's doo doo butter. I re- I probably say that once a day, honestly. I mean, oh. I remember the I want to pee on you, drip 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 pee on you, Eps on you. I love Chappelle's show. I still watch it all same. the time. <laughs> same, same, same. Um, so even though we were talking about R. Kelly, I wanted to talk about last week's episode as well because I had mentioned Tammy and the T Rex. Oh, God. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. I couldn't find it. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, I found out that her boyfriend actually was played by Paul Walker. Really? In the movie? (laughs) Yeah. Paul Walker is in the movie? Yeah. But when I had started watching it, he was already a T-Rex. So I didn't know. But (laughs) Oh, Paul Walker is the T-Rex. Yes. Oh, my God. 
god mm-hmm. okay well now i have to find it and watch it yeah so i i want to start from the beginning even if i have to pay like five dollars for this b movie i'm gonna watch it <laughs> you will be like what the hell kind of shit is she making me watch <laughs> oh paul walker i always liked him too How he sad. seemed like a really sincere person and mm-hmm. i love the relationship he had with his daughter too so it makes me sad super sad mm-hmm. i just brushed my teeth so this champagne tastes like ass <laughs> <laughs> and i have tito's and hibiscus Lacroix, and it's fantastic and it is 11 39 a.m folks they wouldn't have known if you didn't tell them <laughs> <laughs> there's no rules during the quarantine we've already established that speaking of quarantine i found a true crime story that has to do with covid19 and because today is our true crime episode i figured Perfect time to go ahead and talk about it. The story goes, Patrick Jessernick feared he and his girlfriend had caught the coronavirus when she began showing symptoms, including shortness of breath, that drove her to be tested, family members later told investigators in Illinois. Before the results of the coronavirus test came back, police found Patrick and his girlfriend Cheryl lying in separate rooms dead in what they called an apparent murder-suicide. Oh my god. A revolver with two spent casings and three live bullets lay near Patrick's body. So what went on is they both thought that they had coronavirus, so they killed themselves. What? Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? I don't know because people are l- surviving. You know, yeah. they're getting treatment. So there's got to be more to the story, I'm sure. Like, why wouldn't you take your chances at least? Go to the hospital if you're feeling like very, very ill. You know, why would, why, why? And they didn't even know for sure if they had it. <laughs> exactly. So why, why not at least just wait until you have those test yeah. results back? Something else is going on here for What's sure. Even more interesting about it is neither one of them actually had the coronavirus. Oh, my God. So they, like, tested them afterwards? No, they had gone in for testing before. Oh. They were waiting for their results. Blonde moment. You did say that. I sure did. But you know, it's probably some domestic abuse going on. And how do they know it wasn't a murder-suicide? It is a murder. They are calling it a murder-suicide. Oh, I thought they both <laughs> killed themselves. <laughs> Like individually, like they both killed uh, themselves. Well, when, as far as I can tell, it's still under investigation. Well, we'll have to keep tabs on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I have a little bit lighter of a coronavirus story. Or oh, I we didn't even plan this out, people. I had no idea she was going to have a coronavirus story. NC, that's North Carolina, right? <laughs> uh, Gina? Go back to what was that first grade? Yes, North Carolina. I had I had to Google it quickly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> North Well, you know what? I was thinking maybe it could be a city. Okay. North Carolina farm is renting out donkeys, chickens, and ducks to crash video calls, like meetings. <laughs> That's cute. The Peace and Peas Farm charges $50 to have one of its animals liven up a tedious virtual meeting. A miniature donkey named Mambo. um, Oh, Mambo the donkey. Yeah, and he'll crash conference calls. Oh, Um, I love a good ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with you. Mm -hmm. You Companies can... can (laughs) <laughs> I'll never be done with you. 
Companies mm. can choose other farm animals they want to invite as guests on their video calls. According to the farm's animal meeting registration website, they include three horses, Zeus, Eddie, and Heron, along with some chickens and ducks. Oh. Yeah. Customers can reserve 10 minutes with the animals for $50. Choose a virtual 10 meeting. 10 minutes for $50? Yeah. That's expensive. Well, you, maybe they're, they need to make some monies. 10 minutes will go by. You blink your eye and it's over. Right. If you think about it, though, I mean, everyone's probably having to do like these meetings. So, you know, via Zoom or like whatever app people are using, they probably get pretty boring and mundane, right? Like, mm-hmm. doing these. so it's like something to liven it up. But 10 <laughs> did minutes. You, did you see the woman who accidentally turned herself into a potato and she couldn't figure out how to get herself <laughs> from looking no. like a potato on Zoom? <laughs> she was on a work meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> 10 minutes. you got to get back to your meeting, right? So 10 minutes is actually a long time if you're having a work meeting. Said he's also gotten requests from teachers who want the animals to crash the virtual classroom. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's like cute. It's something cute and fun. Well, for the teachers, it should be free. I totally agree. If I owned, If I owned Mambo the donkey... It would be a different world. Hey, you know what also I found for the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. Oh, gosh. They were talking to him about if they turned his life story into a movie. Did you see this? No. You know what? I think I did who would play him. Yes. And he picks either David Spade or Brad Pitt. Oh. Okay. Either way... I mean, David Spade, at least in this picture that they did like a side by side, if you, you know, did the piercings and the hair and stuff, you could see that. But it's like, how delusional in your head are you Brad to think Pitt. that? Yeah, <laughs> that Pitt. sounds like something Joe Exotic would say. Did you see the after show with Joel McHale? I didn't watch it. Is it worth the watch? I think it is. Okay. And one of the people he interviewed, I can't remember his name. He asked him who should play him if they did a movie. And he said Matthew McConaughey. And I was like, oh, that be fucking spot on but i can't remember the name of the guy well who was it one of his boyfriends no it was one of the workers the guy without the legs the guy with that the guy that had um the funky like okay i don't remember his name either i but i was like those, oh yeah spot those cool on ass matthew prosthetics those yes pro- yeah okay I know super you're cool about. because if you think about like matthew mcconaughey and like dallas buyers club or whatever that was called mm-hmm. i'm like yeah i i could totally see that okay i'm rambling now i'm <laughs> You sip on that scissor you got over there. I have a story for an NM. Is that New Mexico? You know what? <laughs> you know what Done. Is, is so funny? It says Albuquerque, New Mexico. An Arizona man. They're doing, they're reiterating that for people like me, goddammit. No, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then they say an Arizona man. Oh, see, I, that just went over my head. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I swear to God, I've only had half a glass of champagne. So maybe he's from Arizona and he was in New Mexico. But an Arizona man rode a bicycle up to an undercover police officer during a prostitution sting and agreed to pay for sex with a hamburger from Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with people in fast food places and sex exchanges? I know but when i read this i just kept thinking about the arby's guy transaction (laughs) and then have you seen that meme around that's going around about arby's they were like i want to know who's actually eating at arby's (laughs) (laughs) that church leader from our last episode um so funny though 
you know, I mean, maybe you could get somebody who's starving to agree to getting a hamburger from Chili's in the place of money. I don't don't care for fast food too much in general. That is not fast food. Chili's is a fancy sit-down restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) I feel God in this Chili's tonight. That's from The Office. You won't get it because you suck and won't watch it. You know what? I've watched a couple episodes. That doesn't count. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's getting angry at me. I'm so angry at you. I have another fun story to share before we start going into our dark true crime stories. Apparently, there's this video going around somewhere. I believe it was on TikTok that my friend Addie saw it on. So she was like, oh, this is ingenious. I'm going to try this because, you know, all the dog grooming salons are closed and things like that. So Mm got to, you know, trim your dog's nails at home. But her dog along with my dog, hates getting this done. So she saw <laughs> she saw this video where a woman wrapped her head with saran wrap and smeared, pe- and smeared peanut butter oh my God. over the saran wrap. Uh-huh. And then so the dog is licking the peanut butter on the saran wrap while, you know, she's cutting the dog's nails. So my friend's like, oh, great. Like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> Did not work for her did not work for her at all and i will have to post the video of her doing this yeah i want to see that oh i'm gonna send it to you right now so you can see it (laughs) i've seen too they recommend putting peanut butter on the wall of your shower if you're trying to give your dog a bath so then they'll lick the peanut butter i'm not my gatsby's totally cool with me bathing him so i don't have a problem with that but i've never tried to clip his nails we just have our groomer do it but oh god that would scare me Good Lord, I cannot give Dexter. There's not enough peanut butter in the entire world that I could put in my shower that Dexter would. Lick my head. Lick my head. Lick my head. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like headbutting her. No. <laughs> no. It did not work. And then <laughs> she only tried for five seconds. Well, there's another video too. I'll have to send it to you. Um. Oh, what that the? was. That was well. Show. <laughs> I'm having the hardest time talking today. So her and her, her and her boyfriend decided they were gonna make a TikTok of this as well too. So she wrapped her boyfriend's head in Saran wrap too, and they tried it. It did not work for them. I don't think it would work for me either. Dexter would be like, I'm fucking out of here. So maybe for some people it will work, but you gotta do what you gotta do. I have a funny story. This is from Mandy. She sent this in. On March 9th at 20, in Maryland, a 27-year-old woman was flown to a hospital for an injury which occurred the night before as a result of a sexual act involving the use of a reciprocating saw. A what? I'll send you the picture. The original 911 call was dispatched as a medical emergency. They determined the injury were, was a result of a consensual act between two parties and no crime was committed. The man told authorities that he placed a sex toy on a saber saw blade and that the blade had sawed through the plastic and severely wounded the woman oh my (gasps) why would anyone think that this is a good idea it is literally a dildo attached to a saw i mean there is no oh my oh this the thought of it is sickening terrible so So basically, it went through the plastic and it started sawing her pussy. Yes. This is fucking disgusting and terrible and awful. Why would anyone think this was a good idea? Who? Can't you just use your 
hand jam it in and out of her as quick as you can you don't need a (laughs) saw well i don't understand what movement that saw would give it anyways just some vibration i think it would be like like making it go in and out in and out really quickly you know like that's what i my Hmm. scenario is playing out so he wanted to like this thing to go like jamming the dildo in and out of her like really hard i don't know i don't know either fucking horrible idea if if my husband approached me with said idea, I'd be like, be like, get the fuck out of here. No. She also- First of all, I don't need a dildo. <laughs> we do not use those. I need that dildo. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't you didn't like get dildos. It. I I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> D. You want that D dough. That dick uh, dough. Yeah, <sighs> I want that D dough. It's, it's never good when you have to explain a joke. Um, So Mandy also wrote in the email, she said, Melinda, I also have your back on Henry and the Hendersons. No. Mm -mm. Any opinion Gina has should be taken with a grain of salt. Her dad made her watch Full Metal Jacket. It's no wonder. (laughs) It's no wonder a girlfriend shits out of a window and stabs her frozen poop with a coat hanger. That's your damn straight. (laughs) She's special. Let's give her a break. Winky face. I love the podcast and the relationship the two of you have. Aww. I know. It was sweet. So thanks for sending that in. Yeah, thank you. That's very sweet. Full Metal Jacket was on TV the other day and I watched it. I still like that movie. Oh, that is a terrifying movie. It is terrifying. But I believe a lot of Stanley Kubrick movies are. Have you ever watched A Clockwork Orange? Equally sick. I have not, and I have that book on my Kindle. I've had it on there for years, and I swear I'm going to read it one of these days, but maybe I should just watch the book. Watch, I mean, watch, watch the, the movie. Book. Yes. <laughs> I have. I've been watching it sit in my Kindle. It's a, it's a classic, right? But it's, yeah, it's a fucking weird-ass movie. Oh, I have one more quick little funny criminal story. Oh, boy. I'm scared Uh, now after hearing about sawing a vagina. I'm I'm a little terrified. Because you love watching my 600-pound life, I figured this would be a great one. Are you ready for this? And guess where it takes place? Florida. Florida. (laughs) George Holocor, a 38-year-old 600-pound Florida man, was arrested for scamming restaurants out of food but then they deemed him too fat for imprisonment. What? Mm-hmm. Like, how? How is he too fat for prison? Because maybe they wouldn't be able to feed him. Well, he would lose weight. Like, he <laughs> needs to. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if you're 600 pounds, it's because you have a, an addiction to food, right? You know, that's like a mm-hmm. 100% that's their addiction. So prison would actually help him because he would only get three meals a day, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that would probably almost be like torture, though. If, I mean, you still have to feed him probably more calor- caloric well, intake. Well, we just wouldn't want to torture somebody who's going to prison by not giving them enough food, <laughs> would we? Jeez, you're evil. <laughs> Okay, this one's real quick. A Subway employee reported that a customer was attempting to pass a counterfeit $40 bill. Police found the currency. A $50 bill was genuine. What? (laughs) What? So they were trying to pass it for $10 less as a fake, and it was real. (laughs) I am so confused. Did they try to doctor it up to look like it said 40 instead of 50? What? The there's heck? no there's no picture of it, but I'm assuming that's what happened. God. That's a that's a head scratcher. That that's yeah, happened. I am like 
I'm so confused. Imagine being the police officer, how good of a laugh you would have gotten from that. Oh, for sure. Well, I will get into my true crime story because mine is a little bit shorter. I already know what Gina is going to tell us, and I'm very excited Mm -hmm. because it's one of my favorite true crime stories, too. Okay, so this is the story in 1998 of 52-year-old Ron and his 35-year-old wife, Rosanna Shaw. So I'm going to give you a little backstory first. Ron had grown up in San Antonio, Texas, and had served in the Air Force. Ron worked as an oil man. He started his own company and was very wealthy. He obtained his wealth by inventing a concept of placing satellite chips into drill bits, and this improved accuracy when drilling for oil. He was married to a woman named Karen, and he had a son named James. He had also had a daughter named Sherry, but in 1995, she had died in a car accident. He met Rosanna while on a business trip to Mexico, and he had hired her to serve as his translator. Then he started taking Rosanna on all these work trips and eventually he divorced Karen and married Rosanna. So Ron and Rosanna started building a home in Youngsville, Louisiana. So he left her for this woman? Left her for this woman. Damn, it's cold-blooded. I already know where this is going. Oh, do you? (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you're not so certain anymore. So they hired a contractor. His name was Ernest Touchette and he was a friend of Ron's and Ernest was really eager to build Ron's home. But before he started doing that, Ernest had asked Ron if it was okay to hire two of his grandsons to help him with building the house, and Ron obliged because they just had such a good friendship. Once Ron and Rosanna had moved into their home, they were so excited about everything. They even moved in. Landscaping wasn't completed, anything like that. So now we get into the the murder here. March 8th, 1998, Ron went out shopping uh, for groceries because his two-month pregnant wife was going to stay at home and he didn't feel like he wanted her to have to do that. So what a good husband, right? Yes. And no, because he left. He was cheating on his first wife. So So you don't like him? (laughs) No. (laughs) Damn. Doing Ron dirty here. Speaking of which, I know we're in the middle of this, but so last episode we had a story from Shane where he got dirty dicked. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the title of our episode. Dirty everything, yeah. So he had a question, and his question was, what if two men are having sex with a woman at one time? Is that considered dirty dick in two? And I said I'd ask you because you seem to be an expert on such things, but my opinion is no. Well, hold on. Hold the front door. (laughs) Are they both fucking her at the same time where one's in her pussy and one is in her ass? Well, it would have to be. No, 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 no. I have seen videos where two dicks are in one vagina. I've seen it. Oh, (laughs) God. Of course. I've seen it. Okay. Well, we can, in this scenario, we can have any of the above apply. Well, let me tell you, both scenarios are dirty as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's, it's all dirty dicking no matter what. Yes. But I mean, in my opinion, I think that two dicks in one pussy is a little bit dirtier than one in the pink and one in the stink. But But it's up your butt. That's a dirty dick. Yeah, but it's, well, that's a shitty dick. (laughs) 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 But I mean, I don't know. If you're stuffing two dicks in your pussy, man, that's that's a hard wagon for me to get on. 
I don't even, I, I couldn't. I couldn't fit two dicks in my pussy. Anything is possible. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you give birth, but like you'd have to like stretch it out, you know, like lube it up. Like when you're going to have a baby, you know how they get the lube and they're like lubing it around your pussy. You'd have no, to, I like... don't have any idea what that's like. My baby came out of my belly. Oh, that's right. Well, they, mm-hmm. they'll be like constantly with I, lube. If you guys could see Gina, she's doing this two finger <laughs> circle swoop in the air. <laughs> they do and they're constantly like doing that to grease the baby <laughs> out right you're creeping me out <laughs> stay away <laughs> making mac and cheese so i imagine you'd have to like really lube up your pussy to get two dicks in there but man that's just kind of i don't know i don't know about that they're so both they're dirty. both dirty it's all as dirty fuck, but it's all dirty dickin <laughs> I hope that answered your question, Shane. I don't think it did. I think it's all over the place. (laughs) Back to the story of the Shaws. When Ron came back home from shopping, Rosanna and Ron were bringing the groceries back inside the house. And from behind the car, three men ambushed Ron and Rosanna and shot Ron three times in his torso. They pointed the gun at Rosanna's head, and they brought her inside the house and ordered her to bring them to the safe inside the master bathroom closet. It was the grandsons. <laughs> uh oh, that's my. Have guess. you heard this? Have you no, heard this? No, it's just my before? guess because it was mentioned that the guy had asked if his grandsons could help, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming maybe these people had some money and they were helping build the house and thought they had some money and they were gonna. They saw the safe, right? Mm-hmm. This is where my okay. head's going. <sighs> you gotta, you gotta keep it op- an open mind here. Okay. Once at the safe, they instructed Rosanna to open the safe, but she was so shaky and scared and nervous that she was having a really hard time figuring out how to unlock the safe. One of the gunmen shouted at her, if you don't open the safe, I'm going to kill you. She was able to get into the safe, but to the robber's dismay, they were only able to retrieve $7,000 in cash and a jewelry box. Damn. Rosanna got on her knees and begged for her life by telling the gunman that she was pregnant. He told her, if you leave here, I will kill you. So they locked Rosanna in the bathroom and they left. And once she was able to escape, she called 911. Once the police arrived, they found Rosanna kneeling and crying next to Ron's body. Ron had died at the scene from the three gunshot wounds. That's so terrible. Over $7,000. Like, God. Rosanna had a hard time giving descriptions of the men because they were all wearing masks, but she knew they were three young black males. One had a red ski mask with black around the eyes, and she also remembered gold teeth. Around the area of Youngsville, word got out about this murder and it stunned the community. And because of that, the detectives knew they needed to solve this murder quickly. There was even an anonymous donor who offered a $10,000 reward to help find the killer. Police knew that this had to be an inside job because they seemed to know the layout of the house. Mm -hmm. And they also knew that there was a safe inside the master bathroom. Mm -hmm. The police then go to believe that perhaps the motive motive was not, in fact, robbery because they left money. There was $5,500. There's also valuable gold coins and jewelry in the safe. The wife was in on it. Ron had $1,133 in his pocket, and he was wearing a Rolex, and none of these things the suspects took. Mm, The wife was in on it. I've changed my mind. She enlisted the grandsons to help her. I like the way your brain just... About a mile away from the Shaw residence, the police found the jewelry box. 
So then the police, or I should say detectives, started believing that these men were hired for murder. The police go around and interview neighbors. Some of them had said they had seen a maroon car in the neighborhood. One neighbor even said that they saw this maroon car parked outside a vacant lot in the neighborhood. Because it was parked outside of the vacant lot, they thought that that was suspicious. And inside the car, or even standing right outside the car, in total there was three African-American men. So the police start gathering evidence. Outside the back of the house, there was builder sand, because remember, this is a new construction. Mm-hmm. The robbers had traipsed sand into the house, leaving full footprints. Oh, so they did that thing where you like pour the whatever. The, it was like a gelatin. Yeah, on the footprints. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. If I could, you know, relive some of my life over, I would have gone into forensics or become a <laughs> chef. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> or combine the two. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) Makes me like think of cannibalism. That's where I was going. See, I know your head. Inside the house, they lit the hardwood floor in the hallway and were able to find two more sets of shoe impressions. They also lifted those prints as well. They, They found a footprint outside the house, lifted that print, and they brought all of them back to the lab. They were able to identify the outside print as a size 10 Nike Air Jordans. The inside prints were also Nikes. One was the Shock Trainers, which I loved those. Those were my favorite Nikes. Oh, I hate those. The ones Why? that have like the big chunks in the back of them. That you- they were so comfortable. Comfortable. Oh, they're so ugly. I disagree. Well, I, I will agree to disagree on this one. We'll come to fisticuffs over this one. <laughs> they were ugly. Okay. I I thought they were cute, especially when they made the like the inside shocks or whatever, like bright colors. Yeah, I had a black and pink pair. Get the fuck out of here! Yes. <laughs> what else. were the shocks pink and the yes. rest of the shoe was black? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I was cute. Oh, God. <laughs> um, the other wore Air Metal Force Nikes. I don't know what which one those. Got the Air Force One, right? Is that, that the Nelly song? Uh, Get to stomping in the Air, Air Force, Force One. Yeah. I like that song. I mean, Jordans are classic shoes. Those will never go out of style. But shocks, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One mile from the house, the police had some search dogs going around, and they found a red ski mask. And what was crazy about where they found this red ski mask is they turned around, and they were actually able to see the Shaw house from there. I I mean, why would – so close. Why are you throwing this mask out of your car window? Well, and the same with, like, the jewelry box. Like, they found that close by, too, right? Mm Mm-hmm. At least – Put it in a dumpster like a couple miles away or something. something. Yeah. Donate it to Goodwill. (laughs) (laughs) This mask was red with dark trimming, so match the description that Rosanna had gave. I used to love it. (laughs) Donate it to Goodwill. Nobody's going to suspect that there's murder clothes at Goodwill, right? (laughs) Murder clothes at Goodwill. I got those murder Goodwill clothes. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. 
The autopsy results on Ron, it showed that he had been shot three times with a 38 caliber weapon. Two shots to his body. Those had went through his body, but one of the three shots was stuck in his torso. Police find the bullet that had gone through Ron's body in the Shaw's yard. All three bullets, the ones from inside Ron's body and the one that went through his body were sent to the lab. Two of the bullets matched. One was completely different, and that was proving that there were two different shooters. So was Rosanna a suspect in Ron's murder? Well, and they wouldn't just leave her too like that part doesn't make sense either like somebody who's going there to kill somebody or rob or rob a place and they have to kill somebody they're not like oh okay well we'll let you live like she should at least like shot herself in the leg or something made it look real well you already don't like ron so why you know why does she have to die too i didn't care for ron because it appeared he had cheated on his previous wife with this woman maybe that didn't happen maybe he was a good man and just started having feelings for this woman divorced his wife and then moved on after well if that was the case, doubtful but (laughs) then ron's a good man but if that wasn't the case see and look if if this woman was in on it he would have been better off staying with his well, the first wife. What if it's his first wife? Well, you know what? I'll shut my mouth and listen to the rest of the story. <laughs> Ron had a son, James, from his previous marriage to Karen, and he thought Rosanna was involved. He didn't trust her, and he also couldn't understand why she had married Ron, because she was significantly younger than Ron. But obviously, Ron was wealthy, so sugar daddy, right? Oh, oh so new wife was significantly younger. Yes. Ron was 52, and Rosanna was 35. Okay, got so she was a sugar baby, right? She was a sugar baby. But they got married. He was, you know, starting a new life. She was pregnant. There were other suspects. So Ron had moved funds from one oil project to another, and that oil project had become very successful and the one he moved the funds from was not they had lost hundreds and thousands of dollars there was a lot of people who thought that his business practices were unethical so many people weren't surprised that he was murdered so he was maybe kind of like a shady businessman well that's not good that's not a good characteristic you're you're defending ron just saying he died i mean did he have to die maybe he just went to jail with martha stewart your home girl yes i'm just kidding okay They were also wondering, the detectives were wondering who knew that they had a safe and where it was. There was the company, the safe company who installed the safe. Ron's family, Rosanna's family. Rosanna had also said there was people at Ron's office, the architects, construction workers, friends, Ron's ex-wife, Karen. Uh, They also, the general contractor who built their home, Ernest Touchette. There was a ton of suspects. A ton. Yeah. Detectives go and they interview Ernest Touchette, and he fully cooperated with the feds. He said that he didn't. He did have some disgruntled employees and provided the detectives with their names. Ernest also stated that he had two grandsons who helped work on the home who had previously had some problems or some run-ins with the law. Mm-hmm. The detectives, though, thought very little of the grandsons because Ernest was white and the suspects were black. Mm, maybe I'm wrong here. Then... The detectives see mugshots of the grandsons, and 17-year-old Shannon Touchette was a black male from an interracial relationship his mother had. Uh-huh. Detectives go to Shannon's home. He was not there, but his mother was, and she said that she had found some bullets in a bag, ski masks, and drugs. I knew it. I knew it. The grandsons were in on it. I said it. Well, obviously, I gave you that piece of information in the beginning of the story. <laughs> 
foreshadowing. <laughs> you also said it was his ex-wife. You said it was his wife. I mean, Gina. No. You can't take credit for every possible theory. First, I said it was the grandsons. And then I <laughs> said that the wife you. was in on it with the grandson. She hired them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's let's find out. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm done with you. <laughs> I love it. Because I do the same thing, so... Yeah, you try to figure out in your head, like, who did it? Who done it? Shannon's mom leads detectives to the bag in Shannon's room. The detectives find that inside the bag, the drugs and ski masks were gone. But they did find 13 unfired thirty-eight caliber bullets. So they take these bullets, examine them under a microscope, and found that they match the bullet- bullets that were found in Ron's body. They bring in Shannon for questioning. He states he knows nothing about the murder. He had an alibi, and that alibi was that he was with his girlfriend that night. The girlfriend verifies the alibi, stating that they were together in Lake Charles. But then they notice Shannon Touchette's shoes. He was wearing Nike Air Jordans. Should have donated those shits to Goodwill. Uh, See? Yep, with the rest of the ski masks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They took cast of Shannon's shoes and were able to find that they seemed to be the same shoes, almost indistinguishable from the prints found outside the house at the crime scene. Also, Shannon had gold teeth. Police go back and talk to Shannon's mother, and she stated his alibi was false. She said he had been out with two friends, Reggie Basil and Ronald Benson, in a maroon car. I'm, again, this is like my other – your story, that the mom turns the son in. It's like, I feel like you'd always want to protect your son, so this is – you know they're yeah, but not when it comes to murder. That no, is, this is a good thing. That I'm saying this yeah, is good. That's definitely a time you turn your your son in murder. Both Reggie Basil and Ronald Benson denied having anything to do with the murder of Ron. The detectives obtained a search warrant and took their shoes, but no, not one of them matched the shoe prints that were in Ron's home. They also started doing testing inside the red ski mask, and what they did is they took a swab around the mouth area to collect DNA and skin cells, and they did find DNA from three different people inside the mask. Who had left the most saliva behind was Ronald Benson. So the red mask corroborated the story from Rosanna Shaw. The other two DNA samples they found in the mask were inconclusive. The mask made Ronald Benson suspect number one. The footprints linked Shannon to Shet, but there was still no evidence of Reggie Basil. Shannon, Reggie, and Ronald were all arrested simultaneously so they could be interrogated at the same time. Shannon was the ringleader, and then after being interrogated for a while, he turned on his two accomplices. He admitted to telling his buddies about the safe and planning the murder two weeks before. He also stated that all three of them had had a hand in the murder. Shannon did state that the motive was robbery. Then when they were interrogating Reggie, he broke down and confessed a very similar story to Shannon's. Ronald Benson, on the other hand, didn't want to talk to the investigators during the interrogation, but after he was jailed, he ended up telling some of his cellmates what went down and those cellmates ended up snitching on him and they testified against Ronald at the trial. What was said was that they drove to Ron's neighborhood, waited for them to come home, then they ambushed Ron. Ronald Benson fired the gun two times, Reggie Basil, Basil fired one time. Touchette stated, which is Shannon, stated that he had no gun and stayed outside. He also testified that he had cried and whimpered when he saw Ron getting shot. On the stand, Shannon said he was sad that it ended in murder and that wasn't the original part of the plan. And he also said that when he saw Ron get shot, he asked the other two to spare Rosanna's life. Wow. So the wife wasn't in on it. 
Reggie and Ronald took Rosanna inside the house, forcing her to open the safe. While running, at once they left, they dropped the jewelry box. Then they threw the mask out of the car. The detectives were never able to find the shoes or the murder weapons. Shannon and Reggie pled guilty to aggravated robbery, and they got charged with first-degree murder, and they were both sentenced to life in prison. Ronald Benson went to trial and was found guilty. He also got life in prison. Man. In two thousand. Mm-hmm. In 2003, Shannon tried to appeal his case, but he lost that appeal, and all three of them are currently still serving at the Louisiana State Penitentiary. Damn. But see, what I still don't get about this is if it was really the motive was robbery, why was there so much shit they didn't take? Like his Rolex and the extra money and everything like that, you know? The only thing I can think of was that maybe the murder really wasn't supposed to happen and that they just got scatterbrained after it happened. After it happened, yeah. And that was why they didn't kill the wife because they Mm -hmm. felt bad, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe because she said that she was pregnant and... You know, they the the gunman maybe was like rattled by that. Right. Wow. I was half right, half wrong with this one. The grandsons were in on it, but the wife wasn't. Well, I'll give you 75% because there was three of them. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) What is that? That's so sad, though. You know, so many lives over, right? Like... You know, yeah. obviously the guy who was killed, but I mean, then all those kids, they were, I'm assuming they were young, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. their lives are over too. Late teens to right. early to mid twenties. Over just a dumb decision. You know, you can rob somebody and not take like a human life. Not that you mm-hmm. should be robbing anybody, but you know what I mean? Like, right. But it's interesting too, because Ron had given Shannon work. Right. And even in Shannon's interrogation, he even said that Ron had been paying him very well. Greed. Greed is a motherfucker, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't good enough for him. He saw that, you know, Ron had all this money and he was like, I I need more. Fucking greed, right? Sad. Very sad. Well, my true crime story is also very sad. This is one of my favorite true crime stories, and I've talked about it before, and I'm just going to go into detail on it because maybe some people haven't heard about it. Um, It is the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, Mm -hmm. and I believe it's one of the, like, worst cases of Munchausen's by proxy that they've ever, ever seen. Like, Mm -hmm. crazy. So I, I recently watched The Act on Hulu, which, you know, made me think about this story all over again. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it because it's really good. Um, Joey King plays Gypsy Rose and Patricia Arquette plays her mother, Dee Dee. Man, it's just a good show. It's crazy. And I haven't seen that yet. And I think now after recording today i'll watch the act but i watched the documentary mommy dead and dearest and that was really good too so i'm interested to kind of compare the two it's really good like i binged it within like 24 hours mm-hmm. <laughs> those like, are always the best yeah, i have to watch more um so Dee Dee began pretending that gypsy had different illnesses when gypsy was a baby even Clearly, I think that Dee Dee had some issues, right? I, I I don't know what, but some serious mental issues. Gypsy Rose was born in 1991, and she was a baby when Dee Dee claimed that she had sleep apnea. So she started creating all these, you know, scenarios of how her daughter was sick from a young age and then getting attention, right? And I think that it kind of spiraled from there, hence, you know, the Munchausen's by proxy. 
Um, when Gypsy was eight years old, Dee Dee described her as suffering from leukemia and muscular dystrophy and said she required a wheelchair and a feeding tube. The list of medical problems that Dee Dee related about her daughter would go on, including seizures, asthma, hearing, visual impairments. So just like everything, basically. Due to Dee Dee's actions, Gypsy was prescribed a litany of medications and had to sleep using a breathing machine, which they show that in the act, too. Well, from sleep apnea. Well, but she didn't really need it at all Mm -hmm. you know but her mom Mm -hmm. made her sleep with this breathing machine she also went through multiple surgeries including procedures on her eyes and removal 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 (laughs) of her salivary glands and that actually caused her teeth to rot Mm -hmm. out of her mouth Um, why did they remove her salivary glands because what did that say? Dee Dee said that she had some issue where they needed to be removed. She created to the doctors all the time, like these different issues that she had. And some of the doctors went along with it. And they're like, oh, well, if she has this, this, that symptoms, her salivary glands probably need to be removed, even though they didn't. That is so crazy to me because then she will for sure need that feeding too because the saliva helps you get that food into that bolus so you can swallow it. Yeah. Well, she could eat too. Like she could eat. But yeah, but imagine not having any saliva. Like that would be like eating like 14 crackers at one time. Like how would you be able to swallow that? Right. Just terrible. I just, how do you even moving forward? Is there a a reconstructive surgery they could do for that? I mean, that is, I don't know. I've never even heard of removing your salivary glands for any reason wow i haven't either well and it said that her teeth rotted perhaps due to her medications that she was taking that were unnecessary missing salivary glands or neglect whatever but they all had to be pulled out yeah i remember she had like those stainless steel crowns in her mouth for a long time in the documentary yeah well she has like She's still, she has teeth now, like fake teeth, but I don't think I'm they're sh- the best yeah. quality or, you know. Oh, I like would have thought they would have been like a full mouth of dentures. She does, but like there's still some silver stuff in there, I think. I think if, if you know, like the act wow. is portraying it correctly. Yet the truth was that Gypsy could walk, didn't need a feeding tube, and did not have cancer. Her head was bald only because her mother shaved off her hair. <sighs> Which is crazy to me, too. Like... How did she not think that at some point her daughter was going to be like, stop fucking shaving my head? Like, I don't want you to shave my head anymore. Especially when she became of age, you know, where like she's getting boobs and going through puberty and things like that. Like being interested in boys. You don't want a shaved head. Dee Dee's brain would be one of those that would be so interesting to find out what they would find from her. For sure. You know, I'm sure there would be so much they could learn from her because there has to be i mean i would love to know her backstory yeah me too maybe i should see if i can find some research on her medical tests often showed inconclusive or contradictory results regarding gypsy's diagnosis but Dee Dee would stop seeing any doctors who questioned her daughter's ailments many caregivers went along with what Dee Dee wanted she'd had some nurse training so she could accurately describe symptoms and she sometimes gave gypsy medications to mimic certain conditions Damn. Which blows my mind, too. Like, how could how could you do that to your child? Like, give them medicine they don't need just so they appear sick. What? I have no clue. Yeah. Like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I, I can't. I just, ugh, I can't. 
<sighs> Dee Dee was also charming and seemed devoted to her daughter. When Gypsy was old enough to talk, Dee Dee instructed her not to volunteer information during their appointments. She was always the one relating Gypsy's fake medical history. Dee Dee told Gypsy's father, Rod Blanchard, that their daughter had a chromosomal disorder that led her to many health issues. He would compliment Dee Dee for her devoted care, which I'm sure everybody did, right? They're like, oh, your poor sick child, you know, you're such a great mom. Mm -hmm. And like, she was really this fucking monster. Ugh. When some of Dee Dee's family noticed that Gypsy didn't seem to need a wheelchair and asked many questions, Dee Dee and Gypsy moved away. Dee Dee claimed to be a victim of Hurricane Katrina, so she and Gypsy received assistance to relocate from Louisiana to Missouri in 2005. There, Dee Dee continued to bring Gypsy to doctor's appointments. Hurricane Katrina also provided an excuse for missing medical files. Hmm. So, you know, always some ailment or sickness or excuse for something. So in 2008, they moved into a new home in Springfield, Missouri, built by Habitat for Humanity. It was painted pink and had a wheelchair ramp. Gypsy and Dee Dee also received benefits that included charity-sponsored visits to concerts and Disney World. All along, Dee Dee continued to bask in the attention she received for being a devoted caregiver. When Gypsy was 14, she saw a neurologist in Missouri who came to believe she was a victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. However, this doctor never reported her case to authorities. In later interviews, he stated his belief that there wasn't enough evidence to act or, like, you know, convict her. Um, in 2009, an anonymous report was made to authorities stating that Dee Dee's account of Gypsy's ailments had no medical basis. <sighs> and they received like all this money and like everything from charities and benefits because everybody thought Gypsy was sick. Yeah, I remember seeing the pictures of them at Disney World and all these like charity events where she's just in this wheelchair with like a blanket over her and mm -hmm. her big glasses and her shaved head. Ugh. Yeah. Can you imagine being like a neighbor and finding out all this was going on just oh, right next door to you? Oh, just wait till you watch the act. The neighbors are <laughs> are in it. They're involved in it. <laughs> or they're involved in like their lives. So they were like really upset about it. As Gypsy grew older, Dee Dee began to lie about her age, going so far as to alter the dates on Gypsy's birth certificate to make her daughter seem younger. But Gypsy was still becoming harder for Dee Dee to control. So the older she got, she was like, man, fuck all hmm. this, right? Yeah, like, my legs work and my hair is actually growing. Right. And my mom's continuing to shave my head at 14 years old. In 2011, Gypsy tried to get away from her mother by running away with a man she'd met at a science fiction convention. But Dee Dee soon tracked them down via mutual friends. She convinced the man that Gypsy was a minor, although she was actually 19 at the time. According to Gypsy, Dee Dee smashed her computer and physically restrained her to the bed after they returned home. Gypsy has... Ooh, that's like misery. Mm-hmm. Like the movie Misery. Gypsy also stated that her mother would sometimes hit her and deny her food. <gasps> yeah, the story is so crazy to me. Gypsy eventually managed to get back online. She joined a Christian dating site where she met Nicholas Godijan. She told him the truth about her mother's actions and ended up asking him to kill Dee Dee so they could be together. In June 2015, he came to her house and stabbed Dee Dee while Gypsy waited, ears covered in the bathroom. And I mean, I could go like on and on about Nicholas Godijan as well, too. Uh, he actually, it was stated from his parents um, that he had like the mental capacity of nothing past like a, a teenager. He was diagnosed with like a severe form of autism, but he just wasn't mentally right at all. If you watch like some of the interviews with Nicholas Godijan, he is still in love with her. He describes those these five days like that he came to see Dee Dee and 
murdered his mother and, and had sex with Gypsy as like the five best days of his entire life. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. There's clearly obviously, and I know he is from Wisconsin. A, yeah, a Big Bend, which is not that far from my town, and actually, which is crazy to me. After they murdered uh, Dee Dee, they went to his parents' house in Wisconsin. That's where they were actually mm-hmm. arrested. <laughs> Gypsy, we should go find the address to that house and go drive stalk <laughs> them. <laughs> They're like, get out of here. Go. I'm sure they'd love that. Gypsy and Go to John returned to his home in Wisconsin where they were found by police. Gypsy had tw- had twice posted to the Facebook account that she shared with her mother. I guess first I'll go into a little detail of the murder. So he came to see her and they, after Dee Dee went to sleep, he went to their house. Gypsy allowed him in and ed- allegedly gave him duct tape, gloves, and a knife with the understanding that he would use it to murder Dee Dee. Gypsy claimed later that she did not expect him to actually be able to do it. So she hid in the bathroom and covered her ears so she would not have to hear her mother screaming. Go to John then stabbed Dee Dee several times in her back while she was asleep. Then the two had sex in Gypsy's room and took $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had been keeping in the house, mostly from her ex-husband's child support checks. And then they fled to a motel outside of Springfield where they stayed for a few days while planning their next move. And then if you go like online, it'll show like videos of them in the hotel where she's like, he's eating brownies and Gypsy was like, later he'll be eating me. Just like. Yeah. And she had that really high pitched voice. voice. Yeah. Later he'll be eating me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. And they actually found Gypsy Rose and Nicholas go to John because they put this post on Facebook saying that bitch is dead and I fucking stabbed that bitch and and raped her daughter and like all this shit. Um, And it was stated that um, Gypsy wanted to put these posts on so somebody would find her mom like dead because she couldn't stand the fact that she was just like laying there dead and nobody knew Hmm. she was there. And she wanted her mother's body to be discovered. So they found them from like the IP address from Facebook where they made Why these Why wouldn't she just call 911 from a payphone? Well, I don't think either of them were <laughs> thought this through, right? Like neither of them, Nicholas Godijan wasn't really that intelligent. Right. Yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, they weren't thinking this through. After Dee Dee's murder, many people who'd known Gypsy wondered why she had gone so far as to kill her. Since she could walk, she simply could have exposed Dee Dee's lies by standing up in public. Yet Gypsy had been conditioned to think that no one would believe her, she explained. I couldn't just jump out of the wheelchair because I was afraid and didn't know what my mother would do. I didn't have anyone to trust. Right, she didn't know any better. You know, like you have this person that's supposed to be the one person in the world that you can trust more than anybody else. Yeah, your mom. Who's (laughs) brainwashing you. And I can't imagine you ever thinking that anybody's going to believe this child over an adult. I can't imagine. She was scared of her mom, too. She was fearful of her, you know, like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can understand that. It's almost one article I read, it described it almost as like a kidnapping victim. People are like, why didn't you just leave? They they really mentally are, are afraid. What was that one girl that was kidnapped that had children with the man? You know who I'm talking about? Mm-mm. There's so many of those stories. There's so many. Yeah. But they're like, why didn't you leave before you did? You know, like there was opportunities, but 
she was literally afraid. And I 100% that believe that Gypsy was too. The fact that Gypsy had spent her entire life being controlled and monitored by her mother. She wasn't allowed to go to school. Though Gypsy was of normal intelligence, Dee Dee told everyone her daughter had a mental age of seven. When they were out in public, Dee Dee constantly held Gypsy's hand, squeezing it when she wanted her daughter to be quiet. I remember that. Yeah, like, crazy. So her mom just controlled her. At Gypsy's medical records documented the abuse she'd been subjected to, her lawyer was able to arrange a plea deal for the charges she faced in Dee Dee's death. In 2016, Gypsy pled guilty to second-degree murder. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison, though she'll be eligible for parole beginning in 2024. So, four years. Mm-hmm. Not that long from now. <sighs> Gota John was found guilty of first-degree murder in 2018 and was sentenced to life in prison. Gypsy has stated it was only after Dee Dee's death that she realized the extent of her mother's deception. While Gypsy has known that she could walk and eat regular food, she still believed that she had leukemia, which that's crazy, right? Yeah. Today, Gypsy is healthy. She's also said she enjoys more freedom in prison than she ever had in the life she shared with Dee Dee, which that is so sad to me. Like, it's tough. I mean, but she is, right? She's more free in, in prison than she was living with her mom. She had to live under these strict standards of staying in the wheelchair. Getting, yeah, and you're getting fed these medications that make you feel terrible and mm-hmm. puke. And, I mean, your teeth are rotted out of your head. I, I can't even imagine. No. Like, all of this, like, just because her mother was a wackadoodle. Was a wackadoodle. She must have wanted that feeling of somebody being dependent on her. A gypsy was interviewed by Dr. Phil and they asked her if she was glad her mother was dead. And she stated, I'm glad that I'm out of the situation, but I'm not happy she's dead. Well, sure. I mean, obviously hindsight is hindsight is 2020. Well, there I has can't... to be part of her that still loves her mother, right? Because it's her mom. Like, obviously it was a horrible, shitty situation, but it was still her mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they had good times together, too. For sure. They were getting free trips to Disney. Man, that's a sad story. It's terrible. So I was curious as to what your opinion would be in this case. And I'll let you know mine first. I don't think she should be in prison. I really don't. I understand that a human life was taken. And of course, that's awful and terrible. But I don't think she should be in prison right now at all. I agree because it was like she was kidnapped and it was basically self-defense. Yeah, she felt she really felt that there was no other way to to escape her mother, that she couldn't live her life. Her mother wouldn't allow her to date, wouldn't allow her to like see any boys. Like she was I mean at the time I think she was in, yeah, she was in her 20s. If this wasn't her mother and this was just some random person, she wouldn't be in jail. 100%. Well, and I think that the fact that they did like plan it, even though it wasn't a very good job planning it by any means of the spectrum. Yeah, but if you were kidnapped and you planned to murder this person so you had your freedom and it wasn't your mother, it would be looked at completely, completely differently. Different, yeah. But she was held captive yeah. against her own will because she was given drugs and brainwashed. Yeah. If anybody else had done this to her, if it wasn't her mother, I don't even think we would be having this conversation. I don't either. It's just so sad to me. And apparently she is engaged to, you know, obviously not Nicholas Godejohn. 
Um, but she found herself a man and she's engaged and she, it's, it's, she said she's looking forward to getting out and, you know, starting her own family. And I do hope that she does go in for counseling. Oh, 100%. or that she has been. Yeah. I don't know. If I they don't offer that kind of stuff in jail. Like, I have no idea, you know, but I'm sure they do. I, I don't think she should be in jail at all. I don't. I think it's awful what her mother did to her. And I think that she should. And what be, would anybody else do in her shoes? What would anybody else feel? How would you feel if you had this happening to you since you were a child? Right. Well, I mean, you're a prisoner. I think that she should get the opportunity now to live a life. I don't think that she's even lived a life yet. She's in prison now. And before that, she was her mom's captor, basically. Right. Or whatever. Is that right? Captor? Captive. Captive. She was held captive. <laughs> prisoner. She was her prisoner. Yeah, she was her prisoner. Um. So when she gets out of prison and if she marries, you know, this guy she's engaged to, that's going to be her first chance ever to actually live a life, like a normal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I hope that she is able to have counseling, to be able to talk out any demons that she may have. And it's not like she randomly killed somebody. It was somebody who was doing these harmful, horrible things to her. Right. Interesting. I love that story. And I will definitely watch the act. It's just one um, of the craziest stories to me, like, ever. Do I think that, you know, anyone should ever kill anybody? Well, no, obviously. But in this case, I can really understand why, you know. Well, she felt like she had nothing, no other way to go about getting yeah. her freedom. Well, and she wanted to grow up. Like, Dee Dee did not want her to grow up. She kept lying about her age and, you know, shaving her head like crazy. But, I mean, it showed, like, um, a picture of her in prison now. She looks happy you know she looks normal i did i watched an interview with her uh she was in her i believe orange gear you know her prison gear and that was a prison garb garb yeah it was a few years ago but her voice seemed a little bit more normal and she seemed more mature and i don't know i wish the best for her i really do do too well, you know, maybe her mom made her talk like that, too. Like, you have to talk like you're younger or something like that. You know, like, who knows? But now that she has, like, a full head of hair and, like, she looks normal, you know? Like, she doesn't look sick or anything. Like, her mom was always trying to make her look sick. Mm-hmm. Oh, the part, it, like, in the act, the part with her teeth, it, it was, like, so sad to me because... And I don't know how much of this is true, right? And I would be interested to know if this was true, really. But in the act, her mom says that she is allergic to sugar. So she she's not allowed to, like, have any sugar, you know? And, like, even one time she, like, sees a cupcake on a table when they're at a party at their neighbor's and she takes the cupcake and, like, licks the frosting or whatever off it. And her mom's like, ah! and, like, goes and stabs her with the EpiPen and takes her to the hospital. And she's like, she's allergic to sugar. And Gypsy hears the doctor saying, you give her Pedialyte all the time. There's more sugar in Pedialyte than he was like, your your daughter is not allergic to sugar. And so Gypsy heard that. And so at night after her mom would go to sleep, because her mom took all this like Xanax and shit to go to sleep all the time. So Gypsy would get up during the middle of the night and she got the EpiPen ready and like ate a bunch of sugar and nothing happened. So after that, like every night Gypsy was getting up and eating and getting online, you know, chatting with people and like whatever else, looking up things online. And at first she really thought that her teeth were rotting out because she ate the sugar. 
so sad. And I sad. Know, I don't know if that's true or not, but like then her teeth started falling out and she tried brushing them and like this one girl made fun of her because her teeth looked awful. I remember there – I think it was Toddlers and Tiaras. Did you ever watch that show? I did like sporadically, like a couple of them. There was a little girl on there who her whole mouth was stainless steel crowns <sighs> and her mom – wanted that done intentionally because she thought that it looked cool. No. Hmm. And this little girl I feel terrible for because even though, I mean, as a hygienist, even though you have these crowns on these primary teeth, they can still affect your permanent teeth. And to me, when I watched that, that is a sign of Munchausen. Yeah. You're going to let your child's teeth rot to have these stainless steel crowns put on so she can be you know, have fancy looking teeth to win a beauty pageant. Like, no. Yeah. Ugh, God. People are crazy. Well, yeah, I I feel for Gypsy. Fucking free Gypsy, I say. <laughs> I hope that she's getting, you know, the, the help that she needs, the counseling that she needs, and that she can live a normal life for, for so once. She w- once she so she out. was sentenced to 10 years. Mm-hmm. So this happened in 2014 because if she gets out in 2024, I feel like in my head, I felt like this was such a long time ago. It really wasn't. It sure wasn't then if that's the case. Damn. Uh, it happened in June of 2015. So Wow. It's crazy. I felt like it happened such a long time ago. Mm-mm. Just five years ago. Ooh. Yeah. So... I mean, she's already served half of her sentence, but I think that's enough, honestly. I hope that there's some documentarian that wants to follow her first year after. After she gets out. Oh, I'm sure. It's such a well-known case. I feel it's a well-known case. I mean, maybe some people haven't really heard of it, you know, or know all the details, but it's just such a sad case to me too. Like I just, especially as a mother, you know, I have two daughters. There's no fucking way I would ever do something like that to my kids. Like all I want is for my kids to be well and not sick. And you hate Mm -hmm. it when your kids are sick, you feel so helpless. Like there's nothing you can do. And I want them to have all the experiences that they should have at different stages of life. Hmm. I would never want to take that away from them either. Like not experiencing being a teenager or having a first kiss with a boy and, you know, all those things that you go through. Like those are life experiences that they should have. Exactly. And I would never I say to my son every night, I hope you have the most fulfilled life, long life. You get to see the world. And I mean, I would never want to inhibit him from being able to go out and do things and see things. Like I'm probably going to be a little crazy because I will be so like dependent on him. I'll be the sad mom crying every day if he doesn't call me. But I still want the best for him. I want him to travel. I want him to see this. I want all those first experiences that is normal for everybody to have I want that for him. Yeah, me too. And I would never want to take that from my kids. And like, e- even just the fact that she did that too, like she just stole all these things from her daughter, like, mm-hmm. and made her sick, gave her medications. Like, it's so wild to me. Like that woman didn't deserve her daughter at all. But God, I would love to just know Dee Dee's backstory of what she must have gone through. It has to be something. I mean, I mean, I guess there are just some people who do have their own medical diagnoses of mental illness, but right. I feel like there has to be something in her background. 
in the show, the act, they go into that a little bit as well, too, of, like, Dee Dee's background. But, you know, I don't know how much of that is, like, actually true or not. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she had, like, an awful mother. But, I mean, that could just be for the, the show. Sure. Well, that's it. That's my story. Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So, next episode, we're doing it on catfish stories. Yes, and I'm so have- excited about this one. And I know I asked you yesterday if you watch 90 Day Fiance. Oh, but man, like the one guy is for sure getting catfished. For sure. Yeah. It, now, is that a new cast member? Is like you're a certain season I should start to be able to watch him? It's the you know? latest season that's going on. And like, I believe they come out on Sundays. But he's not somebody who's been on for like three seasons already. No. Because I, I jumped in. In the middle of a season, I guess, I mean, that people had already been on and I was already, I don't know, I didn't know where to start, basically. Well, and I was like, I'm watching this with my daughter and I'm like, How, it's 2020. How do people still get <laughs> fucking catfished? Yeah. But he's 60 and I don't think that he, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say this or like six-year-old people are dumb, you know, because that's not what I mean, but I don't think that he knows how to use like technology. technology. There's another person there that's for sure getting catfish and her kids are like, uh, haven't you reverse Google image search this person? Like kids are smart, right? Like they mm-hmm. know their shit. I don't think this 60 year old man even knows what reverse Google image search is. But nowadays, I mean, we have Skype, we have FaceTime, we have Zoom, right. there's Facebook video. There's so much stuff. There's it's impossible to not even be able to FaceTime with somebody. Now, I will say I had this thought on Snapchat where I could look like a man. <laughs> you could probably use a filter. Yeah, you could. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty hot man. You are. So. I am the ugliest man. <laughs> like ever (laughs) and melinda and i would send pictures to each other like of the snapchat filter where it turns into a man and i'm like god damn it why are you so hot and i'm ugly as a man i'm so hot like (laughs) i would be getting your sloppy seconds (laughs) whenever we go out i mean i get it i'm I'm pretty pretty studly but i would send gina pictures like hey baby i'm just sitting on the toilet here (laughs) In my man filter. There's one that I sent you when I was in my towel after I got- Yes. <laughs> I look like a pervert. Uh, it's not appealing. You are a much better looking female. I think there's a good chance that I might be a better looking man than woman. So No, not not even close. You're just attractive <laughs> as both, you bitch. <laughs> A fake ass filter. (laughs) Just hate me. I did see like on the interwebs, there was a guy who created a fake Tinder profile using that filter looking as a girl. Ah, okay. Just for like shits and giggles, right? To like get people's reactions out of it. I'm like, man, I wonder how many people do shit Hmm, like that, you know? This is giving me an idea. (laughs) Maybe I'll send my picture to Denise Richards and see if... I'm just kidding because it was it was all young Denise Richards. I'm I'm over it now. She still looks good for her age, man. She sure does, but I'm not really I'm not in the market. Oh no, I'm good. So send in your catfish stories. I've already gotten a couple. So blonde moments podcast at gmail.com. You can send it into Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you find us. Slide in our DMs, yo. 
We'll sell you feet pics if you slide in our DMs. I haven't, I haven't gotten any dirty messages in a while, so I'm kind of disappointed. Nessie, (laughs) (laughs) please, if you can, continue reviews, liking, subscribing, sharing, telling all of your friends. I feel like this last week, uh, we've had a lot of new people sending in stuff, and I love that. It's just so fun. We need the entertainment. Especially yeah. right now during these times. We're entertaining you and we also want you to entertain us. See, it's a give take here. Yeah. We're not just takers, okay? We give we're not, too. We're not tiny takers. No. Yeah. So I have a blonde joke and this was sent in from Lisa. So thank you for sending this in, Lisa. Yay. I love Lisa. A blonde man spots a letter on his doormat. It says on the envelope, do not bend. He spends the next two hours trying to figure out how to pick it up. 